the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. A quick break from our summer previews. Um, we kind of always take a break right around this time as Big Ten Media Day happened this week. Uh, we've got practice starting as everyone gets ready to jump over the pond to Dublin uh, for our week zero matchup with Nebraska. Um, so some news and notes to cover. Uh, but before we get to all that, this past Saturday, uh, Homefield dropped their uh, Northwestern line, Homefield Apparel. Uh, and my God, like, now you, now you see what we've been talking about. Like, if you haven't gone to their website, check it out. Look at it. It's amazing. You know, we've been wearing our shirts now uh, for a few days. And no joke, they are l- one of the most comfortable shirts I own. I was going to say, like, not just that the, the collection dropped for purchase on Saturday, but we received um, some shirts that we were, uh, we had the luxury of pre-ordering on, what, Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And, um, I like, the design's incredible, like just as incredible as they look. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, everything looks pretty good now rendered on, on, uh, e-com websites, but, um, holds up in person. They got a sweet little home field patch on the, on the, on the sleeve, which is a nice touch. Like these things are high quality. They feel great. They look awesome. And, um, I like, again, one of my favorite features is it's not just football shirts. There's a lacrosse shirt. There's a baseball shirt. Uh, there's a, um, manifestation of the the jersey the basketball players designed for senior night last year um there's a band shirt I, just, I, I was gonna say that that's a drum major man you you gotta be feel seen there oh, i do feel seen that's a, that's a really good point that's like uh, uh me and me and willie form so there you um go. yeah it's awesome my, my eight-year-old is gonna be rocking a northwestern uh classic crew that's way too big for her for the next few years but um yeah just phenomenal it's funny, the the first couple of pods where we were promoting these shirts, we were kind of teasing the designs and everything. And then last one, you know, at the start of the Penn State pod, we were talking about how we could finally talk about the designs and specifically talk about them and talk about the ones that we got and have the pictures everyone put up. Now I think the theme for all of us is like, all of our shirts have been through the laundry a couple times. They still wear super awesome. These are great shirts. I'm wearing one right now, and I'm like, this thing's been thoroughly laundered. It fits really good. Like these are not, you know, these are not cheapy shirts. Like Homefield, this is why Homefield's reputation is as good as it is because of the quality of the product. So um, again, it's funny because again, yeah, like we are did have the opportunity to work with Homefield to promote these, but it's kind of like you know. I don't know. Scuzz, I was going to say working with Ferrari to promote Ferrari, but then I was like, that's going to oh, cost too soon, too soon. Oh, no. <laughs> too soon. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, the other thing too is is it was really funny last weekend to watch all the hype around the Northwestern, you know, that, that first day drop of the Northwestern home field shirts. At the same time, seeing by going to the home field Twitter site that all of the K state people who'd had their drop the week before were just getting their stuff and how excited they are. So I would imagine right around the time this pod goes up, you all are going to be getting your shirts and then you're going to see exactly why we've been so excited. So, um, get, get excited yourselves. Well, and the great news is like our, our, uh, offer code is still good. If you haven't ordered yet, um, 
or if like you have a very close family member that hasn't ordered yet, um, or if you want to order something for a close family member who hasn't ordered yet, you can still use West Lafayette to get 15% off your first order. Yeah, it's awesome that they were able to, to hook us up with the promo code. Um, yeah, just amazing shirts, amazing product, amazing partners. I mean, they've been a lot of fun to work with. So uh, thanks to Homefield for, uh, for partnering with us uh, for your Northwestern launch. And um, look forward to maybe doing some with you guys in the future, hopefully. I just want to add one quick thing, which is Northwestern. So there had been that question. You were all watching the bars during the day that Homefield was teasing. We were going after Oklahoma, and then it got to kind of the 11th hour, and we were really close to catching Oklahoma. For, for, um, for top 20 in, in first day sales. For like, top 20 in first day sales. And we have a little inside information. We're not going to go too specific. Just know we came really close. <laughs> like about as close as you could come. <laughs> like, like one t-shirt away. I was going to say like an item or yeah. two. Yeah, That's all. <laughs> exactly. Like Kick, kicking myself for not making a bigger order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, your, your wallet's probably thankful but, uh, oh, could have beaten Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, while it's thankful, time is all relative. We're all going to be buying more of these shirts later. It's just a question of when. So Exactly. Um, but, exactly. but anyway, yeah. So, as we said, um, media days were uh, this week. Um, Pat Fitzgerald spoke. Uh, we had Adetamoa Adebore uh, and Cam Mitchell and... Uh, Peter Skronsky, uh, Man Bear Pete, all down there in Indy, uh, doing the media rounds, doing the car wash, saying absolutely nothing of uh, in, of important, not not important, very important, but like nothing out of the boilerplate uh, speech. Um, practice starts today, or I guess uh, the team reported for practice today. Starts practice tomorrow, but uh, one thing that was announced today. Uh, the number one jersey this year is going to uh, Ray Niro the third. Um, awesome for him. It's really really cool. Yeah, this is really cool, and I think it's funny the past couple of years because we had. I mean, let's just say you have a mix of a you have Anthony Walker, an NFL guy, and then you've got you know. One of the three largest personalities probably to ever come through the Northwestern football program in Joe Spivak. I think that might even be underselling it, right? So there there seems to be these these years where there's a tremendous amount of press and buzz attached to this. Whereas like the intent of the jersey every year is to honor a special and deserving player as selected by the fellow players. And Ray Nairo is absolutely that guy, right? Um and this is someone who I believe you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe came in as a walk on um, and I has think that's right. Yeah. And has carved out a really, you know, relative role where I think there was a point where um, I think a year or two ago, we sort of lost track of him a little bit because he's, you know, he's gotten reps at wide receiver. He's gotten reps at running back. Like this is a guy who's been available and been really useful and been a great depth guy, a great performer guy. Special I think teams someone who, too. Special teams. Yes, absolutely. Special teams. And this is someone who, I mean, this is not a, you know, 
by no means is it ceremonial. This is a guy who is 100% going to be in that, I would say, wide receiver depth chart this year. Like, he's going to get reps. So, um, but again, it's very well earned. Um, this is a guy who has been a long time. I think it's it's um, cool to see a skill position guy, an offensive skill position guy. I feel like it's been a little while um, since one of those came up to get to wear the number one. So, yeah, it's great. And, and great, great to celebrate for Ray. You guys mentioned special teams. Well, Ray Niro is the leading punt returner in the Big Ten who's coming back this next year. He averaged, In the Big Ten? <laughs> in the Big Ten. He averaged 20.6 yards per punt return uh, on five attempts. That is uh, good for best in the conference. Now, let's be like Jalen Reed had uh, uh, 12 returns at Michigan and averaged 19.8, so he's right there. And um, Brandon Joseph was better than Nairo last year for Northwestern um, at 20 and a half. Because of that, but, that's because of those like two returns. Right, exactly. But, um, yeah. but I mean, like to, to, to the to the point, like we, we're going to see Nairo on the field regularly and he's going to be a contributor and a meaningful one for this team. And I think I always think it's exciting when the number one jersey um, is on the field a lot. Like I, like no shade to, to, to guys that have held it who haven't been, you know, prominently featured in the depth chart. Um, but I just I just enjoy seeing those players uh, get to make a mark. And, and, yeah, we might we might see Nairo in the in the um, either in the backfield or the wide receiver core. He had three receptions last year, uh, uh, only two carries, you know, but um, he brings he brings some speed. And uh, I don't know, but it's, it is exciting nonetheless and, and always a, a great tradition um, the way Northwestern does it. And if you watch the video, uh, you can go Fitz Fitz has it up on his Twitter feed. Um, the video of Ray Nairo getting the award, it is clear that he was a runaway winner. This is a guy who is obviously incredibly well-liked. The place goes absolutely bananas when the announcement happened. He gets swarmed by everybody. So, yeah, it's it's just one of those things we all really enjoy this moment every year. And, right, like as Scuzz said, we're going to be seeing a guy wearing number one on the offensive side of the ball, and he's going to get some significant reps. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation and go Cats. Uh, so like I mentioned, um, media days were this week. Um, you know, Fitz spoke, didn't say a whole lot, but, um, you know, a couple things, you know, he brought up. Obviously, you know, starting a practice a week earlier than everyone else, Um you know, because of the, the trip to Ireland, you know, the, they're staying in Dublin an extra day afterwards just to, you know, he, he kind of was talking about how it's treating it like a bowl trip, uh, you know, three days of work, but doing doing stuff around the city and then staying an extra day um, instead of coming back right after the game. They're staying Saturday night and then Sunday and coming back on uh, Monday, I think, um, and then having a, a regular bi-week schedule. So he, he was talking about that. Um, you know, the, there was you know, some interesting questions about NIL. I mean, that that's something that really kind of came up a lot 
um, just because that is kind of a really, really big topic on everyone's mind. Um, so that that was, you know, that was something interesting he was talking about. Yeah, and I think as a way to kind of get into it, right? Because I think a lot of people have been like, all right, so how does NIL square with FITS? How does NIL square with Northwestern? I think a lot of people feel right that Northwestern has been slow to dip their toe into these waters and has suffered because of it and everything. And to me, I think the, the best way to kind of intro what Fitz said is to juxtapose it with what Kirk Ferentz said, because Kirk Ferentz just walked up there and, I mean, geez, this is like an actor playing Kirk Ferentz. I mean, it couldn't have been more on the nose. He's calling for like an intervention in college football. We're in a precarious place, you know, basically like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. These guys are getting money now. Like, like who even knows? We don't have a firm structure and it's just like, like simmer down. Like are guys not getting opportunities to play college football? No. Every team still has exactly as many guys as they need. All the guys are still ending up in places. And yeah, there's a little Wild West element, but you know what? A lot of guys are making a lot of money, and that's money they weren't making before. But anyway, it's funny to to, to juxtapose and to lead this into fits. Chris Lowe um, wrote a story for ESPN on Ferentz's comments, and I thought, on one hand, it was a really... Uh, I, I love the really sly dig that Lowe had of like Ference, who turned 67 on August 1st, said that. And I was like, so on one hand, I'm like, yeah, like, yes, you can insert old man yells at cloud meme into this story. On the other hand, um, as as a white man who's getting older every day, uh, I don't like necessarily like the idea that, you know, the fact that just just being an old white man means that someone's incapable of change or completely stuck in their ways. I think a lot of this is just Kirk Ferentz being Kirk Ferentz. The other thing, though, that that's funny, kind of along the same lines, is then Lowe kind of implied that Fitz echoed a lot of what Ferentz said. And if you watch the transcript, and if you actually watch the video or read the transcript, I don't really think that's true. And I think that the differences there kind of echo a lot of the work that Fitz is trying to do. Um, and if you look like Fitz is saying certain things like, I'm like, I'm for whatever makes the experience of the guys better, right? And of course, he trotted out that line he's used a couple of times about how he wishes this had been available to him in the 90s. Like, that's a well-worn joke from Fitz at this point. But he did make it clear that he's trying to be like, okay, there are, um, we, we know, we know we need to do these things. We want to do these things. We want to help the guys. And they asked him about transfers too. And he was like, look, sometimes a transfer is going to be a better situation for a guy. And that could be a situation for a guy financially, a situation for a guy for his family. So, you know, Fitz is trying, he's trying to take steps. He's clearly open to these kind of things. Um, I think, you can still see at, at points, um, you know, Fitz, Fitz mentioned, and, and we haven't really mentioned it yet, but there's this partnership coming up um, with Altius Sports, right, um, that was announced, I think, either the day that Fitz got up on the podium or the day before. Day and, before, yeah. yeah that was announced before. on Monday. Right. So Fitz referenced um, in, in his statement, you know, the, the quote, um, to the reporter who asked the question about NAL is he said, you, you saw probably yesterday the announcement of the GM with Altius and the things of that nature that we're progressing to. 
But the thing is, the reporter was not aware of those things. The reporter had indicated in his question that he was not aware of Northwestern having any kind of NIL thing. And there's a subtext there, right? The subtext is like, there, that's the place we're trying to get to, right? Where like these programs are very visible and very known and everything. So it's not going to be a perfect journey, but I think it's really clear to juxtapose between a, a Pat Fitzgerald and a Kirk Ferentz and be like, Fitz is, is a guy who, yes, you know, has the rep for being set in his ways, but he's really trying and he's trying to develop and he's trying to move this thing forward. You know, especially because that is where the sport is going, right? I mean, like, th- th- this, this is the new reality. NIL is here, and the fact that it came just as disjointed and dysregulated as it was because the NCAA is the pile of garbage that it is as a as a governing organization um and just let it happen just haphazardly as it as it did you know everyone is trying to figure it out and you know you hear everyone saying it's like the wild west out there i love that you know northwestern is really kind of trying to make it as good as possible for northwestern right it's not like, you know, we're going to give $8 million to a, a five-star quarterback recruit in <clears throat> Tennessee. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to give opportunities. You know, being this close to Chicago, there's p- so many opportunities out there for, for these kids to market themselves. And, you know, to have this organization, Altius, uh, be there to help mi- – yeah, help moderate some of these uh, opportunities, help, you know, kind of aggregate these opportunities and make sure that everyone is, is getting opportunities to, to make to make some money on, on their name and image and likeness. I think that's great. Um, and you know, th- that we're doing it kind of more of a reserved, but we're doing it, you know? Yeah. I, I need to soapbox a little bit here. Cause I think what is, Yes, it's the Wild West, and yes, there's no legislation, and yes, like, it could be better. But let's be honest, it was a shit show before NIM. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we have heard endlessly. I mean, I like I I met a a, um, I'll call it a I don't want to call it distant, but I met a family relative I hadn't met before um, this past weekend, two weekends ago, up in Wisconsin, uh, up from Louisiana, Uh, went to Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette university knew a bunch of guys in high school that went and played d1 college football some of those guys went to lsu guess what they got paid folks 30 years ago they got paid this is all this has been the thing forever and like what pisses me off more than anything is these hoity-toity college football fans that think they they are entitled to the entertainment that these players provide on the field and that, Oh, they should be happy with the education. That's, that's bullshit. I mean, that's just 100% bullshit. Despite all the evidence we had to the contrary on how these schools treat these players as commodities. Um, and, and pretend that the system isn't a system that has existed for decades. Right. And, And, and that's, and that's the thing too. I think if anything, 
maybe some of the coaches are mad that they, they sort of feel like they have to be more directly involved now because a lot of it's above board. Well, what's, what's Whereas, funny, like, what, shadowy what, booster clubs were, but what's funny is they, they don't need to be involved. Like that's like right. the part of the, part of the problem that Northwestern had is that like the athletic department specifically cannot pick up this ball and run with it. They're not allowed to. Right. And, um, you need another organization to come in and fill the void. Now, yes, the athletic department and the school need to be doing their part to help connect and build a space for those organizations and, you know, you know, also help protect the players to make sure they're not getting taken advantage of, et cetera. And like part of the problem we've heard directly from people inside at Northwestern that like nobody really stepped up to fill that void. And there were some uh, new businesses that got started up with, you know, I've, I've heard some former NU players that have been involved in different places here and there. And, some some business folks that got together to try and figure out if there's a way they could step in. Altius is, um, I would say this is probably like the the most common approach in that this is an organization run. Uh, Oliver Luck uh, is the chairman. Um, it was uh, founded by um, Casey Schwab, who was a vice president of business and legal affairs for the NFL Players Association. Um, they list uh, virtually all of the of the of the schools in Power Five as um, uh, as their partners. Um, so like like Northwestern is right there with everybody else. But it just I just I cannot abide this this notion that this is some brand new crazy thing that's causing all sorts of problems for the sport as if it didn't exist before. If anything, if anything, like the only thing that has changed is that now players who were maybe uncomfortable or unwilling to risk their eligibility, their education, their potential livelihood by taking money from a booster in the past world can actually get fairly compensated for their name, image, and likeness in a, in a, in a sport that they're playing that generates gajillions of dollars for the powers that be. That's the only thing that's changed folks. This is not a bad thing. Um, And I just, I like, I am excited. I'm really excited. Northwestern is kind of, gotten their shit together and at least gotten in into a place that will help not just the big name athletes, but help, you know, establish opportunities for, for everyone, um, that, uh, that wants to at the school. So it's like, this is the direction we should be moving and and hopefully things get, um, kind of better and better. But like anybody who's, who's, you know, bemoaning the idea that these QBs are, are, you know, hired guns now, like you ain't been paying attention. Well, and I think it's kind of along those lines, right? Like, I think one of the things that makes me feel good about the Altius piece of it is that out that Altius is involved with so many other programs including big programs I mean just one of the most recent programs like LSU is involved Clemson is involved Miami's involved like Altius is involved with a lot of big time programs right and if this ends up being a situation where they sort of become like you know the CAA or the WME or something like that for like college athletes like relative to NIL so much the better I say like it's to me that offsets I mean when they asked Fitz the NIL question at media day he led off with a classic joke where he's like, well, Northwestern's private. I don't have to tell you anything. Ha ha ha. No, but really. And it's like, yeah, but we all know at this point that that's kind of a joke, but not a joke at the same time. Like Fitz likes to operate in that exact way. And, um, and Fitz said later on in his answer, right. And Sam alluded to it, that Northwestern's going to do things the Northwestern way. And of course that's, I mean, Northwestern way, we all love the Northwestern way and, and exactly a holistic approach doing everything by, you know, doing everything that is best for, you know, for, you know, four years for 40 years. Right. But at the same time, 
there's definitely and and scuzz mentioned it right that like it kind of feels like we've needed some outside blood and a shot in the arm on this thing to jumpstart it and this looks like it's going to be that so that's that's a good thing and and let's see some some great opportunities for northwestern athletes and and northwestern football players come out of it i should correct my former statement about like most of power five teams being being listed as their uh, as their partners it's not that much um or it's not it's not it's not quite that big, but there are six it's, Big Ten teams, including Northwestern, and uh, a seventh future Big Ten team in USC. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of USC um, and, and UCLA, that was definitely big on the uh, topics of discussion by pretty much everyone. And I, I, I Incl- kind of including Kevin Warren, who was not screwing around. <laughs> no, exactly, and that's kind of what I, wa- I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, you know, Kevin Warren in his opening remarks, opening statements, basically said, you know, we are the big dogs. You know, it's the Big Ten and the SEC, and if we want to expand more, which we probably will. I mean, I'm reading subtext here. He didn't come out and say that, but he said basically like yeah. we're we're going to expand. When it makes sense, you know, the implication was strong. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we're going to expand more when it makes sense financially. Um, Well, what was the, what was the metaphor? What was his, he, yeah. Yeah. So he, he made the metaphor of, you know, growing up, you know, you always love getting the Sears catalog in the mail every year. Right. And going through that and seeing what was big and new Sears went bankrupt. How long ago? Not very long ago. Um, but they're not they're not really around anymore. So, you know, the college football is changing. Just fundamentally He's, college football is changing. And it's the the chairman of the conference being like eat or get eaten. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. Like um, it, it it's not it it's not the game that it's it's not the organization, it's not the game that it was twenty years ago, thirty years ago, fifty years ago. It it's just not. It. He he could have made the same analogy, but instead of Sears, like mentioned the Big Eight. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, like the Big Eight was huge. That was Oklahoma, Nebraska, like big big programs, and it's long gone, decimated. Yeah. So uh, obviously Notre Dame is is the big prize. You know, it's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, if you will. Um, and like, but you see all these different reports. Like there's all of these reports kind of out. I saw one this morning that said, yeah, Cal, Stanford, um, Oregon, Washington are all on the verge of joining the big team. It's like, no, let's pump the brakes here, guys. Yeah. You know, we, we purposely haven't talked about this because we didn't like why. And, and, and I like, I was like, Hey guys, I don't really want to talk about this. because I don't want to, I don't want to rampantly speculate. I mean, I like coming off of UCLA, USC, you felt like what what domino is going to happen next? Is another big school going to go to the big 10 or sec or is the PAC 12 going to backfill? Like, and, and neither of those things have happened. Like we, like we're in a, we're in a slow zone, but clearly everyone's evaluating. But as far as the big 10 is concerned, like nothing matters until Notre Dame says yay or nay, nothing else will happen until Notre Dame says yay or nay. I'm, I'm, wholly convinced of this and the the reason and the rationale is that one of the big things that was always a sticking point for notre dame was a they just like their independence um they had enough enough financial support like 25 years ago that it made sense it it 
clearly no longer makes sense. Like go 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 read up on on what they're getting from the NBC deal. It's like a quarter of it's, what Big Ten teams are going to get very, paid out. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, <laughs> um, cute. That's a perfect word for it. It's cute. Um, and I know for a fact, given that my three nieces go there, that that place like that place runs on cold hard cash. So like like you they're 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 evaluating where they're going to go. Maybe it's not the Big Ten, but they're evaluating where they're going to go, and they do have the, the, the ability to be a little bit of a kingmaker given their um, their national footprint. But the big factor in adding USC—that is a school that Notre Dame wants and expects to play every single year—and it being part of the, the Big Ten supports their purview on national recruiting base. And like it or not, like they are the, you know, the Cinderella at the ball in college, in college football right now. And like it or not, um, the big 10 is, is going to court them and court them hard and we'll see what happens. So, um, but like nothing else is going to happen, uh, at least as far as the big 10 is concerned until Notre Dame decides one way or another. And, and honestly, even like when Notre Dame does decide if the big 10 is going to do anything else, it's all happening behind closed doors. Nothing is yep. getting leaked until it's going to happen. Like we, I had no clue that this USC UCLA stuff was going on until the day it happened. And it'd been going on for months, months. And there and wasn't even a whisper. No, it, like it was kept so far under the vest. So you got to know that Kevin Warren is keeping everything as tight to his chest as absolutely possible. There are going to be it, no leaks. It probably helps that like, like one of the major spots that this could have gotten out, I feel like is through the, the leadership of the, um, the university of California school system. Yeah. Because obviously UCLA, they didn't like, they didn't do this in a vacuum. They had to talk to the, the, the trustees or the board or whomever like governs that, that entire school system. However, the guy sitting at the top of that pyramid is it came from Ohio state. So like, um, you know, I don't. I'm not going to claim conflict well, of interest, but certainly like a willingness and a recognition of of the well, value that that UCLA is going to gain, and and why keeping that under wraps would be beneficial. Well, real real talk. All they probably had to say was, "Whoever leaks this is definitely out of any." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the, funny. The, the uh, banana slugs are like, "Well, let's go." <laughs> And, you know, the, the, the media deal, uh, you know, the Big Ten is negotiating its new media contracts, and that's going to be announced fairly soon. And, you know, it, like, it's going to be over $100 million per school per year w with the addition of USC and UCLA and, like, add Notre Dame to that mix, and it's going up even more. Well, at least. If you had... And if you had any illusions, which you shouldn't, that that TV deal is driving this entire thing, Big Game Boomer put up this week a list of uh, best stadium atmospheres in college football. And I think UCLA and USC were last and second to last. And there was not and there was not a lot of pushback on that. <laughs> so, again, it's like that Northwestern road trip to UCLA is not what's driving this deal. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there was an interesting analysis done last year that kind of like figuring out or kind of reverse engineering from the media rights and from the, from the, the big, like, like what, what is moving the needle right now? And what's moving the needle are these, these mega matchups, you know, when, uh, when Ohio state plays Texas, when, uh, Michigan plays USC, um, the, those are the, the like, 
I, f- I forget the, the four million viewers. Mark, yeah, right? that's what it is. That I was about to guess five million, but it's the four million viewer mark. That's the thing that like is really moving the needle with uh, television and media partners because um, the the you know the windfall that they get uh, and the value they get is so is so big. Um, especially for like an unscripted um, television event where they need no, you know, writers, no production staff, like, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, like these moves are by nature designed to create more of those matchups on a regular basis. And it's why you're going to see more of them. And I mean, at some point there's going to be start to be conversation around like, are, are we, are we trimming fat from the bottom of these mega conferences? Um, and uh, I don't want to go there right now, but like at some point that that's going to be a conversation. I don't know what the I don't I don't know if the risk is like, you know, close to zero or close to, to 10 or close to 50. But um, that's that's going to come up eventually because that'll be the other part of the equation is like, well, do we really want the 200,000 viewer, um, you know, game interrupting our our, our lineup of, of big hitters? Well, Northwestern is Chicago's Big Ten team, and Northwestern is the Chicago market, right? But I guess yeah. if, if I guess Notre Dame kind of is too. I don't know. I depend. Yeah. It's, it's less about it's less about markets, and it's more about who's actually tuning in. Sure. I think it's it's more about it's more about viewers. Um, th- as flawed as those measurements may or may not be. Well, and I think the other thing too is, and it's not like like not like we all need to be patting each other on the back or anything about this, but it's. You do see signs, right? And I forget if it was the Big Ten. I mean, refresh my memory which conference it was, but um, athletes are having conversations, right, about getting a seat at the table of in, in these future that, negotiations. Yeah, Sean, Cl- Sean right. Clifford with Penn State is his name is right. out there as you know, having but, these conversations about revenue sharing because, my God, with right. the amount of and, money that's running around, like right, they need so it's to, like betw- they, they need to get a cut. Right. So and it's like taking this back to where we started, right? It's like between that and between NIL, we can feel a tiny bit less dirty about all of the cash that is running through and driving this entire thing, right? Like hopefully we're at least taking steps towards a place where the athletes are getting a fatter share of all this money. So, um, you know, so there's there's that piece of it. But yeah, I mean, I think um, all told, you know, in terms of of what Fitz said and what Fitz's piece of all that and all those discussions and everything, like all things being equal and Fitz being Fitz, I think, you know, we were all pretty satisfied with what he had to say. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of it. Um, as far as what, what we have tonight, um, obviously practice is starting. We're going to keep going with our previews. You know, we're you know trucking along with that. Uh, we got Wisconsin coming up next and then Maryland right after that. So, um, anything else to mention before we get out of here tonight? I just wanted to mention, I, you know, I mentioned the site already, but big game boomer who earlier in the summer named us one of the, you know, top big 10 podcasts, big 10 podcasts of note. Um, thanks for that shout out. They put out the question earlier this week, um, you know, to just that, just college football fans, of what do you think Northwestern's record was going to be? And then they tagged us on it. So our mentions went absolutely crazy. And as a result of that, we 
you know, I, I would say in a macro sense, we really got to see what the rest of the nation thinks, not just of Northwestern football this season, but kind of Northwestern football in general. Because, I mean, you're not going to be surprised. There was a lot of three and nine. There was a lot of four and eight. There was a lot of five and seven. But there were also a ton of people being like, well, hell, I don't know. It could be like 10 and two. It's I can't peg Northwestern football. Or some people being like, Fitz always bounces back, like seven and five, eight and four. So, um, you know, a lot of those conversations that are going on within the Northwestern family, those conversations are going on writ large. And there is that large army that is conscious of the fact that Northwestern is that team that you just can't peg. So, um, you know, it was interesting to just see that perspective and see the whole the the whole litany of perspectives from the nation on what this program is going to look like. Uh, so we'll go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at westlawpirates. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the West Lawn of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scasbo, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.